tasty. Too tasty. Listen, y'all going to get this podcast. Like I told y'all, the beginning of these playoffs. This podcast ain't going nowhere. We don't need another hero. We don't need another way out. All we want is life beyond the Thunderdome. Ow! Rest in peace to the diva. The unmatched. The indomitable. The timeless beauty herself. Queen of rock and roll. Tina Turner, who on May 24th, 2023, departed this crazy thing that we call life. Yes, tasters, welcome to my table. Let's get right into it. Isn't it crazy if you can all recall, um, last week, episode 74, I mentioned that a friend and I are going to see what's love got to do with it. At a rooftop cinema in the city, 30th anniversary, we already had our tickets. Had no idea. I didn't know that Tina Turner passed away at age 83 after a long illness. Uh, She died in Switzerland. We didn't know anything about it. It's like the tickets came up. I was invited. We bought our tickets and then boom, we get the announcement that the queen, the beautiful black queen, of rock and roll herself has died. And I'm reading that she died after a long illness. But um, Tina Turner lived a long life. 83 years old, that ain't short. Like I said, I feel like anything past 80 is a blessing. And when you get up into the 90s, now you're just showing off. So rest in peace to Tina Turner, born anime bullock. On November 26, 1939, in Brownsville, Tennessee, raised in a little town called Nutbush. Who remembers that from What's Love Got to Do With It? Oh, now I can't wait to go see this rooftop showing. Nutbush. She grew up in Nutbush City limits. Nutbush City. I said, now that um she's passed, this movie night. First of all, there's no way I can miss it. Rain, sleep, um, sciatica. I am not missing this showing. And it's going to take on a whole new meaning. I mean, honestly, if I didn't think that it would look entirely ridiculous, I would show up in my Tina Turner wig. Remember even Oprah Winfrey. Oh, Oprah, she's just so lucky. She gets next to all of the most fabulous celebrities. She had um, developed a very close relationship with Tina Turner. In her lifetime. And at one point she was just driving around. She said in her convertible. Like she had a classic convertible. And she would throw on her Tina Turner wig. And throw her dogs in the backseat of her cars. And they just be breezing through the streets. With her Tina Turner wig on. Listening to Tina Turner songs. Mm, must be nice. So Tastas, what's your favorite Tina Turner tune? Definitely Beyond Thunderdome. When I tell you when Tina Turner came out. I was very little girl. And when that Mad Max thing started and they put Tina in Beyond Thunderdome, I was just mesmerized by her whole entire presence. I had never seen the likes 
of Tina Turner. And this is not exaggerated talk. You know how people wait until someone passes away and they got so much to say. No, this woman is the epitome of iconic. When they talk about, because that word gets thrown around a lot. No, Tina Turner is a fucking legend and icon. In her 40s, she was serving body, face, fierceness. In a wild ass movie like Beyond Thunderdome. Oh, that movie was nuts. And then the soundtrack itself. So, Beyond Thunderdome, my top three Tina Turner songs is Beyond Thunderdome, Private Dancer, of course. Oh, my goodness. I remember when I was a little girl, I was just so intrigued by the video. Private Dancer was wild. They had like a lot of imagery and, um, you know, the shit they talk about now. They were like, oh, that's Illuminati stuff. She was dancing with the devil. Hey, whatever she was doing, I was mesmerized by it. And I loved it. Um, So, it would be Beyond Thunderdome, Private Dancer, and um, River Deep. I love River Deep. Because I think the movie What's Love Got to Do With It actually made me fall in love with the song River Deep. Because they were saying that back then... Like, they love Tina's voice so much that, um, I forget the cat who was responsible, the producer back then. He was a, a like, kind of nutty, this white dude. And, um, he had what was called a wall of sound. And they actually built it around Tina Turner's voice. Remember, she had a whole entire orchestra, string section, drums, freaking maracas playing as she did that song in the studio and that shit like just seeing that the whole construct of river deep if that's how it really went that really blew my mind it was like damn a whole wall of sound for such an electrifying voice and again just a a black woman received the title as queen of rock and roll you know how fucking gangster that is it's fucking maddening like go tina you definitely left your mark in this world not just because of the pain that you suffered and the abuses but what you did following that like i said to just break out of the plastic ain't that what lotto said in her last song she breaking breaking out of plastic acting brand new that's what tina did after age 40 broke out of plastic acting brand new fine as fuck singing loud singing strong that's another reason why um i was so into tina turner when i was a kid she just had such a big loud powerful voice and that's what i was into because um i'm not soft-spoken i'm not an introvert and i always admired Black women who sang loudly. You know, it's nice when you hear the baby, baby. You know, back in the days, everything was like, you know, the, the Supremes and women like that. Mm-mm. I like the rough voices. Like Tina said, you know, we do it rough. <laughs> Remember that was in Proud Mary talking about doing it rough. And um, Tina did it rough and I loved it. So like I said, I'm not a soft-spoken woman and I'm not an introvert. And I've always admired black women who weren't afraid to sing loud and proud like she did. Like her, uh, Shaka Khan. I just always loved voices like that. Like soft voices are nice too, but just loud and you know what they would say like brash women just out there. And Tina was out there. And again, rest in peace to her and a fabulous life that she led. And she died in Switzerland. 
That's another thing that I thought was really pretty fucking incredible. Like, Tina Turner gave up on the United States a long time ago. She fell in love with the European way of life. You know, I read that she had owned homes and lived for a time in France. Like, she basically just made her mark all over Europe. And Switzerland ended up being her resting place. And I feel like as a black woman, that's a very brave thing to do. How many of my tasters are considering leaving these United States? You know, you hear people say that a lot. Like, oh, fuck the U.S. You know, every time something happens, mass shooting. Well, I'm out of here. I'm leaving the U.S. I'm moving out the country. But do you ever really do it? How many of my tasters? Well, I can... I know I've got one or two tasters who actually do live in Europe, but for my tasters here in the United States listening who have gotten sick of the United States, how many of you are seriously considering getting the fuck out of here? I remember I entertained the thought over, shit, 20 years ago. I was real young, and I was talking about jumping up, moving to Liberia, you know, doing a lot of reading. You know, I was a black girl who had started reading, and I discovered the history of Liberia, and it was like, oh my God, Liberia, that's home. For all of you who don't know, Liberia is an African nation that was started by black American slaves who'd actually, um, a basic breakdown, who would actually return to Africa. Um, some had taken over slave ships, some actually escaped the U.S., found their way back to Africa, and they established Liberia as a an American nation in Africa. Yeah, how many of you all knew it? That's why it's called Liberia. Liberia stood for, like, liberty. That's why you will meet, if you ever meet people from Liberia, they have American surnames because the root of Liberia is Black America. How about that? So, yeah, for a long time, I had actually thought about maybe, you know, you romanticize Africa. You hear about Africa. It's like, oh, that's the motherland. Why not go back? So, you know, right now, a lot of people are talking about returning to Ghana, Senegal, Nigeria. Now, I wanted to do Liberia. But, you know, Tina, she decided to do Europe. And Europe is definitely a place that I feel like Americans tend to, we romanticize. You know, we pretty it up in our minds like, oh my God, Europe is the ultimate destination. How many of my tastes entertain moving to Europe? And if you did move to Europe, what European nation would you move to? If not Europe, where would you move to, period, if you were to actually pack up and leave the U.S.? Where would you go? What would you do when you moved out there? Like I said, I've never known anybody who actually did it, but I know people that talk about it. But I will say, look, you know Stella Belafonte's always got a story. Oh, yeah, this one is pretty, um, I'll say this one is pretty sexy. Um, I was dating a guy. Look, Stella's done a lot of dating. I was dating a, a guy several years ago who was a black American, and he was my first, um... I'd say, I call them Kwanzaa kids. Yeah, he was um, what me and my homeboy, for, um, one of my, my besties since elementary school, we call them the Black Sopas. So he was a Kwanzaa kid, you know, grew up saying um, Jumbo instead of hello. And, um, you know, just grew up in a very black nationalist household. Everything was all natural. So when I started dating him... Um, he was, like I said, a, a, a natural nappy hair, nappy beard, always smelled like shea butter and coconut oil and, you know, the good stuff. He was the first man that I ever dated that, um, when I first started dealing with him, I had become, um, I was working on a steel 
I had just got my hard hat and working construction was kicking my ass. So I remember the first night I stayed at his home, he ran a bath for me and he ran a bath for me with all of this black sea salt, like stuff that I had never seen. And then he gave me a back massage with all of these dark oils. And like I said, everything just smelled like coconut and shea butter. Well, anyway. I bought him up because I noticed that around his house, he had like a lot of Caribbean art. And um, I'd assumed when I met him that he was of Caribbean descent. And he explained to me, no, he had a, his grandmother, his paternal grandmother was so into travel that at one point during her travels, when she was a younger woman, she had went to, I want to say Barbados. And fell in love with Barbados and never left. Built a home in Barbados. Had all of her paperwork changed over. Became a Bayesian citizen. And um, next thing you know, he said the reason why people assumed that he was from the Caribbean. Because from a very young age, he would spend every summer in Barbados with his American grandmother who left the States, went to Barbados, fell in love, got married, and stayed there until the day she died. And I just thought that was, like, so fucking incredible. Like, again, I brought that up to say she's someone who actually did it. But I don't know anyone outside of the military. Like, I know military personnel that, you know, because of their military travels, where they ended up because of their service is where they made a permanent home. To me, that's not the same because I feel like with the military, it affords you an experience that the general population doesn't have. I want to know tasters, listeners who with no military experience, maybe because of a job or just because of personal choice, actually just jumped up and left the United States and moved to another country. How many of you could actually do that? So like I said, the guy that I was dating, his grandmother did it. And when I listened to his story of her, I just thought that was so sexy and so exciting. And it was like, damn, to just go to the Caribbean and fall in love like that. I ain't going to lie. Like, the islands are nice. I know when um, on my two visits to Trinidad, um, specifically Tobago, the Twin Island, I could see myself retiring there. I remember I'm um, laying on the beach with um, my Trini honey and watching an old couple. And I think everybody saw this couple. They looked like they were in their 80s. Mama had on a bathing suit and daddy had on his swim trunks with his long gray locks. And they were just walking the beach together, holding hands like they were teenagers in love. And I wasn't the only one that saw them because somebody actually captured their picture and posted the picture online. Like, they stood out to me. But I feel like a lot of those beautiful islands, they bring those type of feelings out of you. And I can, I could see myself retiring to Tobago. They got some nice properties, beautiful homes. But I don't know what the Trinidad and Tobago economy is like. Like, one of my greatest worries when it comes to just packing up and moving out the country, of course, is money. You know, how would I make money? What if I did decide to be brave enough to jump up and leave the country before my retirement. How I'm going to live? Look, my taste is just thinking about leaving the country. How you going to live? What you going to do? What's the plan? Talk to me about it. Look, send it to me in an uh, email at mizironbox at gmail.com. That's M-I-Z-I-R-O-N-B-O-X at gmail.com. So let's talk about my mentals. Um, Mentally, I think right now, one of my biggest... um 
issues with myself is I've been beating myself up a lot lately for the things that I don't get done or the things that I need to do, you know, not staying committed to checklist or if I set up a dietary plan for myself, not being committed to that. And then I turn around and beat myself up and feel sorry for myself about it. And mentally, that's where I'm at. Like I was even beating myself up about the fact that I know that I haven't done all that I should and that I can do to make my podcast greater than what it is. Not as far as my content, because I want to shout out my girl, Shawnee. Yay, Shay. She loves my podcast and she's told me, you know, she loves my content. It's great. And I, I, I agree. I feel like my content is great. I want to shout out also a taster that left the review online um on apple that's where she listens to me and she says she looks forward loves me and listens to my podcast it's like um when she plays it in her home it's like just being in the house listening to a home girl and i like that she feels that comfortable listening to me but i beat myself up about the fact that i know i need to have more visibility um i need to add some bells and whistles people like bells and whistles you know people like clips reels people like to um just see and, and and feel things and hear things. You know, they want to look forward, look coming attractions. I haven't done any of that. And like I said, mentally, I'm a little bit bummed about it, but I'll be okay. As far as my body, Adi, it's just so up and down. I, I, I've really come to terms with the fact that I have chronic pain. That is the term for what I'm going through. I was talking to my girlfriend, Trilly, the other day, and she was saying, like, damn, like, yeah, I've never heard you talk about your pain as much as you do. Like, not that you're complaining, but she noticed it because, yeah, it's become chronic. For a year straight now, I've been in pain, the worst pain that I've ever been in my life. And like I said, if anybody has had sciatic nerve pain or don't know what it feels like, imagine your worst toothache. And that feeling that you get from your worst toothache is just running throughout your body. That's what my sciatic pain feels like. And it fucks with me. It keeps me up at night. Like, I really um, try not to, but I become a pill popper. You know, um, my friend referred me to turmeric. I'd actually ordered some turmeric drops. I bought some from a health food store and they ain't working. Or maybe I'm not taking them, you know, doing the dosage, the dosing the way I should, but... Yeah, my body body is fucked up. Um, and then I'm still fat. <laughs> I'm trying. I lost a little weight. At one point, I just had stopped all my carbs and starches, and I was proud of myself. I put it like this. If I dropped 10 pounds, I probably gained it back. Eyes ah, up and down. But I know one thing's for sure. That shot that I mentioned a couple of episodes back, I'm going to do my research and have a talk with my doctor. I mean, it can't be all bad because apparently... A lot of people are getting the shot, and the results are positive. People getting skinty out this motherfucker. And I wonder sometimes, you know, when I look at people who judge different weight loss methods, you know, you got people who go out and get BBLs uh, talking shit about people who've had gastric sleeves. Then you got people who've had gastric sleeves and gastric bypasses saying, I would never let somebody give me some injection for weight loss. You know, it's all... I feel like you got to do what you got to do for yourself. As long as it ain't killing you and it can make you look better and feel better, by all means, engage. Do the shit. 
Like I'm definitely gonna look and do it. I mean, if the side effects and the and the, the 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 cons outweigh the pros, then I won't fuck with it. But if that shot is something that could give me just a boost, even if I don't stay on it, if it's something that could just help me boost my weight loss process, because I feel like even you know with the chronic pain, my metabolism is slowed down. It definitely has. I don't have the energy. To work out anymore, not even in the house. You know, uh, I got people saying, you know, you can work out at home. You know, do your YouTube workout videos. I don't have the energy. I don't feel good. I don't want to. So who knows? Like I said, the shot is just something I'm considering. So what brings us to today's table, episode seventy-five? Let's talk about um forgiveness. We actually, I spoke with you all about that in one of my very first episodes. You can go all the way back. Maybe be about my third or fourth episode, it was um, titled Unforgiving. And I spoke about, you know, just forgiving people. Things aren't always as bad as they seem. You know, um, sometimes we are harder on each other than we need to be whether it's friends or family members or lovers and if you really sit down and clear your mind you can forgive them you know just fucking forgive them and get it out your system i want to shout out my cousin glenn pj because we actually were having a conversation about what forgiveness actually means you know it's Washing the anger and the rage or whatever you might have had for a person out of your heart, out of your soul. Just getting rid of it. Not saying that you've forgotten whatever it was that this person might have done to cause you harm or anger or grief. But you just just get it out your soul. Don't hold on to it. Don't let it clog up your chest anymore. That's what real forgiveness is. Give it up to God. You know, ask God or whoever you pray to, Jehovah, Allah, ask the higher power to clear your mind of the bullshit, whatever it was that hurt you so much and made you so angry with this person. Just pray to have it lifted off you. Now, that's real forgiveness. But then you got round two. What happens after forgiveness? And that's what brings us to today's table. After I've forgiven you, and I do decide, let's just say I decide to let you back in to my life and my world. What exactly does that mean? Are there terms and conditions tasters to your forgiveness? With me, absolutely. I don't know about you all, but I'm going to talk about Terms and conditions, boundaries. I feel like first and foremost, if you get into a position where you feel like you need to be forgiven a person for anything, whatever happens, you can't go back. Nothing's ever going to be the same again. If you decide to let everything go, let that person back into your world. Let's just say it's a family member. I'm not even talking about a lover right now. Let's just say you fell out with your favorite cousin. And you fell out, stopped speaking, let's just say for any time period, a year, two years, three years, shit, fucking five years. But for whatever reason, you came back around to each other and you decided, I'm tired of not talking to you. I hate not having you in my world. Cousin, I miss you. That's fine. 
love it. It's a beautiful thing. Let's just say that you're the good one. Look, you're the angel in the situation. And your cousin is the one that messed everything up. Let's just say, let's just put out a scene. Let's just say your cousin stole some money from you or fucked up some money. You know, you, you, you trusted your cousin. with. And mind you, this is not real. This is all just hypothetical. This is all me just setting the scene. Let's just say that um, you was in a susu with your cousin. And your cousin was in charge of the susu. And for some reason, your cousin took the susu money and skipped town. Now, everybody hates you. Everybody wants to fight you. Because it's your cousin that took the susu money and skipped town. You know, cut everybody off, blocked everybody, including you. This your favorite cousin now. Now, they send them around um, asking you, well, where's your cousin? That's your cousin in charge of the susu. And, and if you don't know what susu is, um, I'm, I'm not about to get into it. Tasters, look it up. But I'm thinking that all my tasters here, come on. If you know, if you ain't been involved in the susu, you know what it is. So just imagine your cousin ran off with the susu money and disappeared and didn't talk to you for about, let's say, two years. And then all of a sudden they dig you up two years later to explain the situation. You know, could have been anything. Man, I was in a domestic violence situation. You know, my man was going upside my head. I had to do what I had to do for my kids. Remember Stoney and set it off? Remember I had to do what I had to do for my son. So, you know, you done spoke to your cousin. She done explained why she did it. You know, she's going to reach out to everybody, explain what she did. And she's actually putting herself in a position where she can pay everybody back. So now you decide, okay, bitch, I'll forgive you. It happens. You're human. I hated you for the two years that you were gone. I hated you for the two years that we didn't talk. But you're back. You're going to pay everybody back. Everybody can stop hating me now, asking me where you were, thinking that I'm hiding your whereabouts when I'm not. But you're back in my life. Now what? Do you trust that cousin again? Do you just jump up and start going to parties together and meeting up for brunch and dinner you know do you say hey you know i'm gonna come check you girl what you doing i'm gonna come sit and visit with you matter of fact pour some wine and after your cousin that cut your throat stabbed you in the back fucked up the money do you trust sitting in a house again drinking wine and falling asleep on the couch i'm just curious tasters like what are your terms and conditions when it comes to letting a person back in after they've forgiven them? Well, here's where I'm going with it. I feel like when you do let people back in, it has to be baby steps. You you can't just jump back into where you left off. Because you have to think about what broke things apart. How can you just go back the way you just left things off? I think that's where we go wrong a lot when it comes to forgiveness. Even if, okay, I'm going to make it about relationships. What about this makeup, the breakup thing that a lot of us go through? I feel like the reason why it becomes a constant and it a back and forth makeup, breakup, makeup, breakup, makeup again is because when we do allow the person who hurt us back into our lives, we don't set any boundaries. Again, there's no terms and conditions, no stipulations. We just let the person back in and there's no ground rules. And I feel like you definitely need to set ground rules. I was having a conversation with a homeboy who was saying like, you know, how about that? What do you mean ground rules? So what I'm a child now, you know, if you forgive me, is that real? He feels like it's phony. 
Like the love is not the same. No, it's definitely not the same. It's going to be differences. There's going to be love there. But how can it ever be the same? You've hurt me before. You did something to fuck my shit up. Be it my money or my health or my household or my sanity. Whatever you did made me so angry that I felt that there was a need to not have you in my life. And now that you're back again, terms and conditions. I'm going to bring up another example. Um, I've talked quite a often in episodes about a friend of mine that I've labeled pick me Sylvia she was someone who was my friend for a long long time she was my friend for so long that people do ask about her I've had a couple of friends ask like yeah what's up with you and Sylvia like would you ever fuck with her again honestly tasters no no I wouldn't I can forgive her for the stupid shit that she's done and the silly things that she said but she's somebody that I learned, me and my cousin were talking about this too, that I could forgive, but I will never mess with you again. I can't let you back in. If I did let her back in, when I tell you that spoon would have the longest handle you've ever seen, I mean, she would starve because the handle on that spoon would be so long. Like, she, she wouldn't get fed from me no more because I don't trust her. And that's one of the biggest things about letting people back into your world. After you've forgiven them for an indiscretion, you know, like, how can I trust you again? How far do I let you back in? Like, with pick me, Sylvia, she just said and did, put it like this, again, if, she, if I were to let her back into my life, it would never be back on a drinking wine, ladies night, having fun, going shopping together, never it would probably be as far as I can call it to say, hey, Sylvia, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you, pick me. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, I know, you know, it's your kid's birthday. Tell them I said happy B-Day or, oh, you know, I heard that Miss So-and-so on the block died. You know, I'm just calling to offer my condolences. It, that's probably as far as it would go with someone like her. Because I feel like if I establish boundaries... She probably wouldn't accept them because she wouldn't even admit to doing anything where those boundaries had to be created. Let's talk about that too, doing the work. Oftentimes you have people who will return to your life after fucking up and all they have to say is, I'm sorry, I apologize, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry for what I've done, but when you look at that, it's like, what are you really sorry for? There are people out here who just want your forgiveness and say that they're sorry for things, but they can't even say in words exactly what they did to you. Like, do you even know what you're sorry for? What are you really sorry about? Like, I've got friends from my past that really kicked me in my butt. And it's like, they say things. I even had one friend years ago that I fell out with that I still don't speak to send me an email. And she was just doing a lot of talk. Like, you know, I'm sorry. I never thought that things like this would, would be this way between us. I'm just so sorry. You know, I thought we would always be friends. Okay, okay. Yeah, sorry you thought we would always be friends. Do you even know why I'm mad at you? Do you even know why I'm not fucking with you right now? Probably not. Because a lot of times people come back into your world and they want forgiveness, but they haven't done the work. The work is, first of all, figuring out what you did 
to your person. Like I said, be it your family member, be it a lover, be it a neighbor, be it a friend. What exactly did this person do? Do they know what they've done to piss you off? And then whatever they did to fuck up, have they done the work to fix that shit so that you could never get into that place again? Like the scene that I painted. Your cousin has stole all the susu money. Bitch, have you done the work? Are you secure? Are you right with your money now? Did you get rid of that man? Have you done everything that you could in this lifetime where you don't have to rob people anymore and fuck up my good name behind it? That's the work. Like, pick me Sylvia. She had a habit of just talking out of turn, saying some of the most inappropriate things. You know, she's one of those people... That they talk about, oh, her mouth had no filter. She knew no boundaries. So if I were to forgive her and let her back in, it's like, can you respect the fact that I don't like your mouth? And I feel like you do need to have a filter. And you do need to be more mindful of the things that you say and the things that you've done. Can you handle that? Will you respect the terms and conditions of me? Letting you back in. Or even for myself. You know, there's one or two people out here that I wish would forgive me. You know, I feel like whatever they think I did wasn't as bad as they think it is. You know, and, um, well, they have terms and conditions for me. Do they have boundaries set up? You know, I had one friend I didn't really talk about it because it wasn't a big deal. You know, I'd actually reached out to her. She stopped speaking to me for something very trivial. I think something really ridiculous. It was definitely involving a man. And um, we actually had a phone conversation. You know, I called her privately just to see if she would talk to me. And she spoke to me and told me that she loved me and um, still didn't let me back in. You know, I guess that's her boundary. I see her reading my stories on Instagram and, um, you know, she's removed me off her block list on social media, but, um, I still can't see her in the WhatsApp profile. That's how you know sometimes that you're blocked <laughs> on WhatsApp. I can't see her profile picture still. Um, I never reached out to her again and, um, she knows my birthday just passed. She didn't reach out to me to say happy birthday. So maybe those are her terms and conditions. Like I forgive you, sis. You know, I love you and I forgive you, but I ain't fucking with you. And you know what? I have to accept that. I don't like it, but I have to deal with it. So, yeah, that was just um today's tasty top pick. How do you all feel about it, Tastes? Like, does your forgiveness levels and letting people back in come with stipulations? Do you know the difference? Does forgiving always mean letting a person back in? Because I know I've gone through things with people where the reason why I can't let them back in is because my greatest fear, again, is that they'll pull the shit again. That's why I've for a long time been a person where I wasn't in the makeup to break up because I've always been a firm believer that a lot of times when you just, especially in relationships, when you break up with a person, especially if that was the person wronged you. Let's just say you were totally innocent and you let a cheater back in, for instance. What are the chances that this person is not going to cheat on you again? What is the guarantee that this person that you were dealing with is not going to do anything else to hurt you or break your heart? 
You don't know. It's a gamble. So while there are men that I've been with that I can forgive for the dumb shit that they pulled on me, letting them back in. And and what's that shit men love to say? We could be friends. No, I don't have friends that hurt me. I don't have friends that tell me lies and, you know, do things to see me fucked up out here so we can't be friends. You know, I will say the last time that I was, I actually caught myself slipping, I should have knew better. You know, my, um, my big ugly, I don't like the way that he and I ended. I had a hard time forgiving him. And the minute that I actually did forgive him and let him back in my world, you know, just regarding being a fake ass friend because he and a family member, I was very close again to a family member of his. And like I said, um, he pulled the stunt when that family member passed away. He neglected to tell me that she had died and that broke my heart. And it, I beat myself up because I feel like I didn't set up any terms and conditions when I forgave this nigga for breaking my heart like he did. Actually, he didn't break my heart. I always say that he hurt my feelings. When I forgave this nigga for walking away from our relationship and hurt me like he did, I should have just left it at that. I should have just forgave him in my heart, washed him out of my system, and that's it. No kikiing on the phone. You know, no no conversations. No, hey, happy birthday texts and messages. It was just too much. I feel like that's a boundary that I should have set and I didn't establish. And shame on me for it. But I know better now. So again, tasters, my question to you all is, what are your, again, do you have terms and conditions? Are you the type uh, that can just forgive and forget? And what about that, that forgive and forget? Is that just something that people say? Because when people hurt you or do things which they deserve or they feel that forgiveness is necessary, do you ever actually forget the shit that happens? Because I'm not a person that forgives. I got the memory of an elephant. And if you didn't know, that's actually one of my favorite animals. And they say that elephants don't forget. Yeah, I don't forget shit. But I know people who forget shit to the point where it's like, whatever you got that makes you so forgetful, give me some of that. You know, one of my peoples, we was talking about that, like she was had went through something with somebody and... I mentioned it or it come up again and they had totally even forgotten that that part of whatever fuck shit happened even happened. I'm serious. No exaggeration. It's like, oh, wow, I forgot all about that. How do you forget? Like, please, tasters, put me on to that. The, the forgetting part. How do you just forget the shit that people do to you? I'm talking about like real hurtful fuck shit, be it something that hurt your feelings, broke your heart. Uh, uh, ruin your finances how do you forget because like I said I don't forget nothing but forgiving even though I'm very slow to forgive I can but as far as just letting people back into my world after they've done something to kick me in my butt throw dirt in my face yeah I'm not very good with that but again tasters are you or do you you know you got people who feel like it's not real forgiveness if you forgive the person and you have all of these stipulations and you don't just let them back in. You know, people, you know, there are a couple of people that might be inclined to feel that way. Like, how real is that forgiveness if it comes with all of these terms? 
and all of these conditions and boundaries. But I feel like boundaries have to be established, especially depending on the level of shit that happened. Like I said, with Pick Me Sylvia, she just had a habit of saying some of the wildest shit at some of the wildest times. Like, I'm going to throw it out there. Um, She went to a funeral of a family member of mine as a guest. And there were some things that I told her in confidence. And at this funeral, she had actually blurted something out that made my people look at her like, and what? Like, bitch, do I know you? See, this is what I'm saying. It's like, are you shitting me? Like, these are the things that I couldn't allow to ever go on again if I were to let her back into my world. There has to be boundaries. And that needs to be set in stone. Listen here, sis. That shit that you did, or uh, when before you and I stopped being friends, these these are the things that you would say, or these are the things that you have said. I can't deal with that. I can't have that. I can't have a friend who thinks it's okay to say these things to me or around me. I can't have that. So definitely, forgiveness and letting people back in comes with understanding. Like people who have to understand again the things that you set up to move forward with the friendship or repairing the relationship. But I, again, like I said, I'm just a firm believer, especially with forgiveness. A lot of times when you just blindly forgive people, when I say blindly, when you really believe that shit about, oh, just let it go and forgive them. I think it just opens the door for opportunity for the person to kick you in your butt again. I think I might have already said that. In the um, time that I've been on this episode. But yeah, I just feel like it just leaves the door wide open. Like, even in situations in domestic violence. When you got women who, for whatever reason, whatever they're lacking, forgive a person who has physically abused them. Have you ever gotten back with a person who was abusive to you verbally or physically that when you took them back? It stopped? Absolutely not. I know that doesn't happen. Like a man that raised his hand to hit you once will raise his hand to do it again. Like tasters, if you want to get raw, I won't say your name. You can send me um a message about it and we'll talk about it anonymously. Have you ever forgiven a man or, you know, even a woman? And let them back in your life after they did something to physically harm you and that person never did it again? They respected you and the boundaries were set where they would never hurt you like that again. If that has happened, tell me. I'd love to know. Look, love to see it. Because I need more examples of letting people back into your world and it going properly. I want to hear the good stories. Look, send me a tasty topic. Let's talk about it. Bring it to the table. But as far as I'm concerned, I said when I let people back in, after forgiveness, it's going to be a lot of terms and conditions. So anybody out here, any tasters, any listeners who are entertaining, coming back in, into my life, if you're listening, you know you done fucked up with me some way, somehow, before, just know. It ain't going to be easy. And it's not that I'm purposely going to make things hard. You know, people trying to return 
and to you know get back in my good graces, return themselves to my life. No, that's it's, I'm not on a mission to make things hard, but I'm definitely not on a mission to just be mistreated again or improperly handled. No, you are gonna handle Stella Belafonte with care. So anyway, that is going to be the end of this tasty top pick. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, um, share your stories with me, your stories of forgiveness. Or do you have any boundaries? Again, look, terms, conditions, stipulations. Let's talk about it. Send it to me in a Gmail. You can hit me in DM. And um, that's that. And uh, what did you all do this past Memorial Weekend? I didn't do a damn thing. And I do not feel bad about it. I was in a lot of pain. I had a couple of things to take care of. And um, that was that. But how was your Memorial Day? And what are you all looking forward to? Oh, I got my tickets. The Brooklyn Rum Festival. Tasters, get into it. Go on Instagram. Follow Brooklyn Rum Festival. It looks like it's going to be a good time. Me and my girl Summer, we bought our tickets. We got the premium ticket where you get um a fresh hand-rolled cigar. Um, I think... I don't know if it's open bar to start. You, you get some perks. It's a lot of perks. So, that's Brooklyn Rum Festival. Follow them on Instagram. And, um, do I have a boy have I ever? Or I know you fucking lying as far as forgiveness. Yeah, I want to stay on topic with this one. I guess you know just basic shit, especially when it comes to men. I feel like um, the one or two times where I did blindly forgive men and let them back in my world, yeah, I I, I was victim of that. Just them doing the same stupid shit over and over again, you know. So I'm gonna leave it at that. So um, I guess I got I, I've got stories for days. Um. Stay tuned for more. Like I said, I definitely need more visibility. But I thank you all. Look, all tree. Because yeah, um, I won't say that my numbers are dwindling. But I think people are ready for more. And it's like, come on, Stella. When are you going to give us a little more? You know, a little more action. A, a, a little more, like I said, reels and posts and things. But it's coming. Sit tight and enjoy. Thank you for joining me at my table today. I hope you all have a great week. And um, I look forward to the things that you share. And again, like I said, please go online. Leave reviews. You Even if you just say, Stella's great, love this podcast. You know, Stella's pretty boring. I wish he'd pick it up. You know, leave me some stars. Rate me. Love me. Like me. <laughs> pick me. <laughs> Anyway, that's it for this episode of Tasty Topics, and I enjoyed talking to you. Bye.